Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Calling Tau City, turn on your radio. I know we had some words last time, but that was so long ago. I got your message. It was a little harsh, you know. It's still a little hard for me to hear. Please take it slow. Welcome to Starship Sofa, part of the District of Wonders network, featuring tales to terrify and far-fetched fables. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. I'm tuning in to your transmissions. I'm moving, waiting to be found. And I'm building rockets. I'm pointing them to the moon. This is the Starship Sova. Everybody, welcome. Hello and welcome to Show 597. I am your host, Tony C. Smith. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is fine and dandy. Now, it's just something for your calendars about the good ship Starship Sova. She's Parking into dock for two weeks. Yes, we're on sabbatical vacation. Two weeks of just powering down me and the good lady. So just just remember that for two weeks we won't be here. But we will be back after. There we go. So I'll give you a little heads up what's coming in today's show. We have an amazing story which was first published in Galaxy's Edge in November 2018, The Convincer by Eleanor R. Wood, narrated by Tatiana Gray. That's all coming to today's show. I do hope you will stick around and enjoy it. Big thank you to everyone that's came over again to Patreon and is kind of popping in there. Even with like a couple of dollars, a huge thank honestly, man. That's me smacking my heart there. Thank you so much. It keeps this going. It keeps Starship going, and that's amazing. Thank you indeed. You can do it just by PayPal if you want. One-off donation, just around the front of the website. Or, like I say, come over to Patreon and do it that way, and you get all them nice little perks as well. Right then, let's jump into the main fiction which is, I had to kind of look there, got my glasses on the top of me, you know, you have, to, you, quickly have to put your glasses down there. The Convincer by Eleanor R. Wood. 
Eleanor's stories have appeared in Pseudopod, Flash Fiction Online, Deep Magic, Daily Science Fiction and various anthologies amongst places. She writes and eats licorice from the south coast of England where she lives with her husband, two marvellous dogs and enough tropical fish in a tank to charge an entry fee. She blogs that and there's a little link there to Eleanor's site. Now this story is narrated by Tatiana Gray. Tatiana is a critically claimed actress of stage, screen and the audience your booth. She has been nominated for dozens of fancy awards but hasn't won a single damn thing. She went to New York University and lives in Brooklyn, New York. You can find her at and again there is a link to Tatiana's website. So the Starship Sova is very proud to present The Convincer by Eleanor R. Wood Narrated by Tatiana Gray A creature limited to the physical plane is a primitive animal. The dispenser of justice, transmitted for all to comprehend, but I know her thoughts were directed largely at me. A dozen spectators and three lesser dispensers floated in the ether awaiting her judgment. The cool, dark space of the non-corporeal planes usually relaxed me. There was comfort in their sensory deprivation, in groups of minds interacting without physical distraction. But today, I was tense. I longed for solid ground beneath me. You have made a reasonable case for these animals' intelligence, convincer Vla. But even if I accept it, mere intelligence is not enough to put them on par with us. They are incapable of comprehending our lives. They will never be our equals. What you propose would place on them a burden of responsibility they cannot even recognize. Our basic right to freedom of movement, for instance, is irrelevant to a species that can only move on one plane of existence. We can at least grant them freedom of movement within that plane. My protest fell into nothing, as her transmittance interceptor caught and blocked it. No further thoughts could be transmitted from my quarter. My arguments were made, and I already knew I'd lost. Their present existence contributes vastly to our knowledge and well-being. If they are as intellectual as you propose, they must have the capacity to realize the greater good they serve. And need I remind the chamber of the damage these creatures have historically caused? Their subjugation secures their future as well as our own. It could be argued that to free them would be a cruelty far outweighing the perceived injustice of keeping them held. I therefore cannot condone your argument for greater rights for these animals, convincer Vla. They shall remain, as ever, under our domain. She emitted a pulse of light, signifying the end of the proceedings. There were mind waves of cheer from the spectators. I flipped myself into the physical and cursed vehemently. There was no use in delaying my visit to those I'd represented. I exported myself to the building in which they were being held, and took their form as I entered. 
It limited my senses, but made it easier on them to see me like this, and I felt more able to imagine how they experienced the world when my body looked and moved as theirs did. I extended the long, ungainly limbs and moved forward on them. Bipeds were such odd creatures to emulate. It had taken me weeks of using limbs shaped like theirs before I felt I could move without making a fool of myself. The hands were the strangest of all. Hands! Primates had such comical features. But I knew their primitive appearance belied their intelligent minds. I arrived at their complex and took minor satisfaction in the small victory I'd achieved in having moved them here. Their barren former cells had offered them no mental stimulation and hardly any room to move. Primates needed opportunities to utilize those ungainly limbs. They were also highly social creatures that languished when kept alone. The four of them looked up as I entered. I'd demanded simulations of trees and grass for them, despite the handler's assurances that they couldn't possibly miss what they'd never had. The handlers were wrong. The looks of wonder and joy on their expressive faces had told me as much as if they'd had the ability to transmit. I'm sorry, I told them, knowing they couldn't reply, but as certain as ever that they could make sense of my thoughts. The largest of them, a male with sandy head hair and sharp eyes, turned away from me and placed his face in his hands. The two females made awful whimpering cries, and all three began excreting moisture from their facial orifices. It was a behavior I had come to recognize as great sadness, and my own grief and frustration rose with theirs. The fourth was another male, older than his companions. He shook his head from side to side at me and emitted what felt like a cynical grunt. He glared at me for a moment, four limbs crossed before him, and went to sit in a corner on his own. The other three were communicating in their crude, sound-based language. I'd never learned to understand more than a handful of sounds, although I knew one or two of the most experienced handlers could make out much of it. I privately doubted some of their interpretations, but at least they acknowledged these beings possessed language. I wished I could have said the same for the rest of my species. I hear I'm still in a job. Tij, one of the handlers, transmitted, importing himself beside me. He exuded the contempt I'd begun to expect from him. At first he championed my cause, sharing my belief that the sentience deserved better from us. But when he realized I wasn't campaigning for better conditions, but for the freedoms they'd had before we arrived... His attitude changed. Handlers had transmitted organized objections across all planes ever since my case was announced. There was plenty of other doers who supported me, but the voice of continued oppression was greater. For now, I replied, but I knew I'd exhausted all avenues. The dispenser of justice had spoken. After my defeat, I needed a rest from the wet green planet and its dimensionally challenged occupants. More than that, I needed a rest from my own kind. Dewar's arrogance had long disgusted me, and it was stronger now than ever. We had exported from our planetary dimension to this one simply because we could. We sought new forms to emulate and new elements with which to adapt our body's molecular structures. Second nature to us was incomprehensible to these beings. 
but our capabilities did not make us superior, only different. I was so tired of making that argument. Even some of my fellow campaigners were starting to concede to the dispenser's wisdom. Questioning another doer's expertise was akin to proclaiming yourself their peer, and that was career suicide. Why specialize in one area only to later claim yourself specialist in another? I receded to a private, interdimensional pocket that I used for refreshing and centering myself. Alone in my own mind, I hibernated there, my body's needs suspended. The New World had completed an entire solar revolution before I returned. I entered the convincer's plane, desperate to sink myself into a new case. The sentient's freedom had been denied, but I would revamp my campaign for better conditions. The moment I exported from hibernation, I was seized by another's thoughts. Convincer Vlaw! You have returned at last! Convincer on, I acknowledged my colleague. An event has transpired in your absence. A biped approached the Center for Terrestrial Life Form Study of its own accord. A domestic one? No! Wild! This was unheard of. Wild sentience avoided the Center at all costs. What happened to it? A sense of dread began to creep in. Wild capture was frowned upon, but it still happened, especially if a sentient was foolish enough to present itself. They took it, of course! The capture was unlike any of I've ever witnessed! The biped went with the handlers almost as if it trusted them! Are you sure it wasn't domesticated? Wild sentients refused to approach doers, even when we took their form. It had all the marks of wildlife— Fabric draped, proud stature carrying tools. We believe it emerged from one of their underground sanctuaries. What have they done with it? I tried unsuccessfully to keep the outrage from my transmission. They began a course of study, naturally. But what they found astounded us all. On paused, and I felt him anticipating my reaction. It transmitted thought to them. I exported myself to the Center for Terrestrial Lifeform Study as if On's last thought had propelled me there itself. Studier Fa met me outside her laboratory. She had the form of a diminutive female, with tinted skin and glossy black head hair. She looked askance at me. It really is best if you take their form. In my haste, I'd maintained my amorphous state. Apologies, I forgot I hadn't. Shifting into the tall female biped form I usually adopted, I followed her inside. My gait was unsteady as I adjusted to the body's new balance. It had been more than a solar cycle since I'd last conformed to their shape. My skin felt tight. I know you won't approve, but we've kept this one isolated, Fa transmitted as we walked through a corridor. We allowed her to keep her tools. She spends long hours utilizing them. What sorts of tools? Mostly transcribing implements. She makes endless marks on paper. Do you concede yet that those marks have meaning? I tried not to sound snide, but it had long aggravated me that the sentient's propensity for inscribing symbols was attributed to some poorly understood instinct. At least the studiers had stopped referring to it as a reflex. Fa paused. I am inclined to believe so. 
But this one is poised to change everything we believe about these creatures. The mark-making is but one aspect. She transmitted nothing else until we reached the chamber. We imported ourselves inside. Sitting cross-legged on the floor was a dark-skinned female. She'd been allowed to keep her fabric coverings, which encased her lower limbs and torso. Her head hair was neatly arranged upon her skull in tight rows, tied loosely at her neck. She regarded me with an astounding gaze, her dark eyes seeming to scrutinize me in a way the domestic sentience never had. Nadia, this is Convincer Vla. Fa's thoughts were transmitted widely enough for both of us. Nadia? I asked of Fa alone. It is the name she gives herself. It seems fitting to use it. I barely concealed my astonishment. A name given to herself? And she transmitted this to you? My transmission was for the biped as well this time. I did. The thought slammed into me with all the subtlety of a juvenile learning to transmit. Only worse, it had an artificial edge, as if originating from a non-organic source. The sentient gave voice at the same time, her crude language presumably mirroring the transmission. How did she do that? I sent in shock to Fa. We don't know for certain, but she has an artificial device implanted in her brain. We are unable to study it without risking her life, but she tells us it enables her to communicate. This, this is incredible. I looked at Fa. Her primate face wore an expression I'd learned to interpret as satisfaction. I had no idea how to make my borrowed face do that. As I said, this one changes everything. My thoughts raced. I'd longed to communicate with sentience for so long, and now I couldn't think where to begin. So many questions. I sat my awkward body on the floor across from her. She met my eyes with a boldness I'd never encountered from her species. Why did you come here? I asked. She moved her mouth in the gesture for acceptance or pleasure. To study you. I reeled, both from the force of her transmission and the implications of it. You came to study us? Why should that surprise you? I was struck that it didn't. I was amazed, but not surprised. What do you hope to learn? Everything. Everything about us? Who you are. Why you are here. Why you subject us to such abuse. Her calm, composed expression filled me with shame. Suddenly, I didn't want to be right. This being was sitting before me proving my instincts were correct, and I wish she wasn't. I was newly appalled at everything doers had inflicted on these bipeds since we arrived. They were complex, intelligent beings, just as I had tried to demonstrate to the dispenser of justice. And Nadia was proof. I didn't want to face her. I exported from the cramped chamber and stood in the corridor, listening to the distant cries of other incarcerated primates. Fa imported beside me and stood silent in her smooth-skinned form. "'Aren't you pleased to be vindicated?' she finally asked. 
I'm ashamed. Ashamed of everything we do to them. Ashamed I didn't try harder to win my case. I know you convincers. I find it difficult to believe you could have tried any harder. What will happen to her? I asked, changing the subject. It appears she wishes to stay here, so we will keep her, for now at least. She needs better conditions, a larger chamber, the company of her own kind. Can she be housed with my former clients? I suppose so. But why don't you ask her what she would like? I regarded the studier for a moment and imported myself back into the chamber with a final thought. I wish to speak with her alone. Nadia looked at me, her sharp eyes keen and wary. She picked up an inscribing implement and began to scrawl marks on the sheaf of paper before her. What are you doing? I asked her. Writing! She boomed. Can you explain to me what that is? The commitment of words to paper. It enables me to record my thoughts and observations as I interact with you. I sagged in amazement. I knew it. So it isn't just random marks? Why would I expend so much energy on nonsense? I decided to shift topics. Nadia, I don't understand. If you know what goes on here, why would you willingly subject yourself to it? She stopped writing and met my false gaze. You sound as though you disapprove of your own experiments. They're not my experiments. I have long opposed the way your species is treated. I sensed surprise from her for the first time. Is that why you came to see me? Yes, I have always believed there was more to your species than mine gave you credit for. You are the living proof of all I have longed to show my fellows. She turned up her mouth in the approving gesture again. Then it seems you are my living proof that your species is not blind to our suffering. You need better living conditions than this. Um, I, I managed to secure a space in plants and a simulated daylight for the group of sentients I once represented. Would you like to join them? She nodded her head. I would like that. Very much. And... We are humans. Humans? Their name for themselves? Human beings. I will arrange to have you moved. I exported myself from the room and clamored my astonishment to Fa. Nadia's revelations were almost too much to take in. Over the following cycles, I spent almost every moment with Nadia. I held long conversations with her. I observed her interactions with the domestics. I watched her recording her own observations in turn. At no point did she seem distressed, and her calm presence seemed to soothe the others. She told me their language was a less sophisticated version of hers, which was a revelation of its own. These creatures had multiple languages. I still couldn't make out what they said to one another, and despite my requests, Nadia showed no interest in teaching me. I suspected she preferred to keep us ignorant of their communications. 
Why you? I asked her one day. What made you the chosen human for this mutual study? I made the decision to come, though I was advised against it. My life's work has been the study of your species, but always from afar. I knew I would progress no further without spending time with you up close. So you're a studier among humans. You have enclaves as we do. Of a sort, what you call studiers, we call scientists. An interesting concept, doers of science, and brave ones at that. You willingly put yourself in danger for your career. She contemplated this for a moment. Yes, sometimes it is the only way to learn. These beings were more like doers than we ever imagined. I was even more determined that their incarceration must end. You know there is no repetition once the dispenser has spoken. On transmitted. Of course I do. My reply was sharp. Then what do you propose? Another convincer asked. The convincer's plane hummed with mines in the darkness. I had sent a wide transmission to my fellows to see what our collective expertise might suggest. The law is final, came another thought, strongly tinged with disapproval. I softened my tone. Has it ever occurred to any of my fellow convincers that perhaps the law is not always right? A slow emanation of shock, outrage, even fear, began to fill my mind space. I had uttered a blasphemy among convincers. I have heard enough. This angry transmission was followed by a sudden absence as its emanator exported from the meeting. I immediately sensed several other exports as staunch convincers departed. I knew some of them personally. Their disapproval stung. I wondered, not for the first time, if this cause was worth the risk to my career and identity. It was too late now. The thought could not be recalled, so I could only plow ahead. I sensed concern and dismay from those who remained, but mingled with enough curiosity that I believed they'd hear me out. We do not question the law, and for a good reason. It is all we have, all we are as convincers. But just as new circumstances call for new laws. So new revelations call for re-evaluation of the law. The human Nadia is the proof I lacked during my attempt to convince the dispensers this species should not be subject to our whims. If she had been here at the time, I believe my convincing would have succeeded. But she was not, transmitted Convincer Kov, one of the most experienced among us. I mentally nudged him to carry on. This human may indeed hold new revelations about their species, but she's not proof that they all share her capacity. And even if she were proof now, she was not at the time of your convincing, Vla. Once the dispenser has spoken, there is no reversing the proclamation. The day a convincer publicly questions a dispenser is the day our profession is ruined, and that convincer would make herself a pariah, an undoer. I had suspected the objections would find their way here, 
but I recoiled at his thought nevertheless. An undoer was nobody, a being without identity or purpose, caught between two professions or none at all, useless to society. I could yet turn back and steer myself from this path, but the image of Nadia was firm in my mind. Nadia, observing us with the scrutiny we turned on her, Nadia making her endless complicated writing marks, recording every observation with exceptional detail, Nadia meeting my shape-shifted eyes and staring through my disguise in a way that domestics had never done. She was remarkable, shrewd, clever, and whatever Kav had to say, she was proof. Even if only a handful of the humans had her intelligence and capability, we owed rights to them all. A destructive species they may have been, but they were also bright and intuitive and brimming with emotion and creativity. If I turned my back on them now, I would be an undoer in my own mind. If I risked being so in everyone else's, so be it. I mustered my thoughts. Come and visit Nadia, all of you. Come and see her for yourselves. Commune with her. Hear what she has to say. If afterwards you still believe the law should remain unquestioned, I will ask no more of you. But if abandoning the humans to our morphological studies and abuses feels unpalatable after meeting her, join me in finding a way to make this right. They were silent as they took in my words. Then, one by one, they exported calmly from our plane. I wondered how many would accept my invitation. What happens when your study is complete? I asked Nadia later that day. She regarded me with her contemplative expression. What do you mean? I mean, what next? You will still be here, imprisoned in this facility. What is next for your science if you have to remain here? Her mouth twisted upward slightly. I could turn that question on you and your kind. What next when you are through studying us? She had me there. I suppose we will never be through. Discovering new shapes and forms of adaptation is at the core of who we are. There is so much left to learn about your species, so much potential for my fellow doers to exploit. Her eyes bored through my adopted form. Then what makes you think my study of you will ever be complete? Even so, you cannot intend to remain here forever. What use are your conclusions about us if you cannot share them with others? Is that not the meaning of science? She lowered her eyes to her writing and refused to engage further on the subject. Over the ensuing days, I learned that several of my colleagues had been to see Nadia. They had taken my advice on that score, at least. Dare I hope they might lend their assistance further? When I next imported to the convincer's plane, I found a group mid-discussion. They paused and sent a transmission of invitation my way. Convincer Vla. Your timing is impeccable, Kav greeted me. We were just discussing your human. 
I assume you mean Nadia. Nadia, yes. Most intriguing that they name themselves almost as we do. What are your conclusions? I asked, impatient to hear their impressions. She is astonishing. On transmitted. I never imagined these primates had such capacity for thought and reflection. Despite all their accomplishments as a species prior to our arrival, you never once considered there was more at work than the mindless manipulation of their material world. I felt the acid edge to my own transmission and did nothing to soften it. I was so tired of trying to justify the obvious to my own kind. Their sole dominion of the material world is precisely what makes them so primitive, La. Kov's tone was the one he used to make a case in the dispensing chambers. We cannot be derided for overlooking the intelligence of a species so unaware of its own multi-dimensional environment. I have never claimed that they have the perspective that we do, but our greater awareness does not make us superior. There was silence for a time. I held my thoughts in suspension, waiting for another to continue. We have decided. Convincer Cobb's transmission was wide, and I realized they had been communing privately. We will petition the dispenser of justice. We cannot ask her to change her ruling, but we can ask that she meet with Nadia herself. Perhaps then she will come to a realization, as we have, that things are not as they seem with this native species. Perhaps she will see fit to make a new ruling without overturning her previous one. Yes, meeting with Nadia could only help. She seemed to inspire awe in all who met her. It is a start, I transmitted, muting my hopes. We launched our petition immediately, gathering our thoughts and citing our sources. Studier Fa and two handlers agreed to lend their names on the human's behalf. For the first time, I believed this might work. Nadia was changing minds, one doer at a time. Several days later, I was met at the center by an agitated Studier Fa. She is here. Her transmission was taut. Who? I asked. The dispenser of justice. She has come to see Nadia at your request. You disapprove of my request? The dispenser knows nothing of the humans. She has no understanding of their interactions, no experience in communicating with them, and she refuses to take their form. What's happening? I forced my limbs into a shambling run. Fa trotted along beside me, her urgency blaring through my senses. She's frightening them. The domestics are panicking, and Nadia refuses to transmit to her. Anger flared in me. Our request had been that she visit in the company of a studier and handler, who could liaise between her and the humans. I had never intended that she come alone and unannounced. What was she thinking? We reached the chamber and imported ourselves inside. The scene that met me was appalling. Two of the domestic humans huddled in a corner, their faces blanched with fear. A third, the largest male, was grappling with the dispenser of justice, who had spread herself to her full girth and took up almost a third of the chamber's space. 
Her blue-gray, putty-like exodermis pulsed with the bioluminescence that marked her status. Her multifaceted light receptors were turned on the male human, whose right forelimb had merged with the dispenser's flank as he sought to grasp or push her away. She radiated strength and terrible beauty. But I could see her display of dominance only terrified the primates. The fourth domestic was shielded by Nadia, who stood firm, attempting defiance despite the fear in her eyes. Two handlers in primate form stood helplessly, unprepared to challenge the dispenser's authority, despite their superior understanding of the situation. I had no such qualms. Dispenser! Please! I transmitted at full force. They do not understand you! Her reply was disparaging. Your intelligent beings, your marvelous sentience. No, Fla, they do not understand, do they? You cannot expect them to make sense of doers' body language. Why do you think we take their form to interact with them? You understand theirs, though, correct? As a superior intelligent being, might be expected to make sense of a less intelligent species. This is unfair. I struggled to keep my bearing civil. This is not an accurate gauge of their understanding. They have not had the opportunity to study and understand us. I had transmitted widely. Nadia, astounding in her bravery, latched onto my thought and transmitted one of her own. I am studying you now. Your display is intriguing. Given time, I will learn to make sense of it. The dispenser of justice reeled at Nadia's intensity. She let go of the male, whose arm came free of her flesh with a peeling sound. He fell back, clutching his glistening, reddened limb. Why now? The dispenser asked, her glittering focus on Nadia. You would not transmit to me earlier. I realized the dispenser had been attempting to force communication from the reluctant human. Had she been faced with a fellow doer, her will would have been done immediately. I do not know you. I have never seen your kind in this form. Your threatening behavior led me to believe you were dangerous and not someone to whom I wished to transmit thought. Nadia's confidence grew as she spoke, and the other humans began to relax at her lead. The dispenser contemplated her for a long moment. I am told you have recorded observations since your arrival. I would like those recordings delivered to me for perusal. I cannot do that. We would not be able to make sense of them anyway, dispenser. Fa interrupted. We've barely begun to decode the human markings, and Nadia has shown no interest in helping us make sense of them. Well, then she can read it and transmit them to us. The dispenser made it sound final. I will not. This is not a matter for discussion. Despite her precarious situation, Nadia's posture stiffened, and her eyes grew hard. When have you shared your studies with us? Why would I share mine? 
because you are under our control, not the other way around. The dispenser's prejudice was entrenched. My plan was failing in front of me. Place this one in isolation until she cooperates. The dispenser's transmission was emphasized towards studier Fa and the handlers. She exported before any of us could argue further. I sensed Fa's simmering frustration without her having to transmit a word. Do you realize what you've done? She sent the thought tightly before turning her back on me to engage with the handlers. It took a full day to calm the humans. Fa was furious at the damage to the painstaking trust she had developed with them. She moved Nadia back to her original chamber and entirely refused to communicate with me throughout. I exported back to the convincer's plane and closed my mind to my colleagues' questions. I needed time alone. Vla! 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 The transmission woke me from my semi-transient doze. Convincer on was before me, emitting urgency. What? My reply was irritable. Study your fall requires your presence immediately. She has not been able to contact you. I was surprised she even wanted to. What does she want? Most likely your human negotiating skills. There is an uprising at the center. An uprising? Wild sentience have descended. I didn't pause to find out more. I exported to Fa's wing of the center with An's thoughts echoing in my mind. Fa met me in the receiving area with a decidedly human look of concern on her primate face. I could hear yells, thuds, and crashes from outside the building. Fa took my shape-shifted arm in hers and pulled me towards a window overlooking the center's front square. The outer doors were rarely used. Doers imported in and exported out. The doors were for admitting sentience or other creatures. But now... They were besieged by a mass of humans, all of them wild and fabric-draped. There were hundreds, vastly outnumbering the doers inside. We cannot keep them at bay, Fa transmitted. They will be inside before long. What about the subduing cannons? I hated to suggest them. Someone has dismantled the cannons. This is a planned uprising, not a riot. I fear we are betrayed. Someone? One of us? It's too early to know for certain. The damage was only discovered an hour ago. Such a level of betrayal would mean full-scale doer rebellion. Everyone knew convincers were working hard to amend the law in the humans' favor. I couldn't imagine anybody risking so much without waiting for the machinations of society to run their course. But there was another possibility. How do you know the humans weren't responsible? Perhaps they infiltrated the center somehow. What if this uprising is merely a distraction? Fa looked at me. I sensed her mind go cold. She hadn't considered this. Nadia. She exported before my eyes with a rush of air and a soft pop. I followed a moment after, but our arrival inside Nadia's chamber was too late. The door was open and the human scientist and all her records were gone. My mind burned at Fa's curse. Calm down, Fa! She ignored me and ran into the corridor, hitting an alarm panel along the wall. A siren began to blare. She may not have gone far. We'll split up. You check this level and I'll head to the lower one. My orders given, Fa exported from the corridor. 
No matter. I had a feeling I knew where to find Nadia. I imported beside the leafy enclosure of my former clients. Nadia and two humans I didn't recognize stood outside, trying unsuccessfully to key the lock. It's different from the one on your chamber. I startled them all. This enclosure has restricted access. Only a handful of doers can open it. The other two wild humans, a male and a female, pointed energy-discharging weapons at me. Nadia stepped forward. Are you one of those who can open it? I hesitated. Yes. Then do so. You want them freed, don't you? It was a challenge rather than appeal to wisdom. Are you behind all this? I asked her. Did it not occur to you that I would never subject myself to this place without an escape plan? It hadn't occurred to me. I felt like a fool. But how? How did these two get in? How did they know where to find you? She exposed her teeth in the gesture of pleasure that I had begun to find endearing. You can transmit to human minds. Why shouldn't I be able to? I was staggered, not by her admission, but by my own stupidity, never mind Fa or the handlers. Nadia had been communicating with her fellow wild humans all along. We had been so fascinated by her that we'd been blinded to her cleverness, even as we were being charmed by it. Will you open this door? I looked at her, at her armed conspirators at the domestics who had crowded around the entrance to their enclosure anticipating its opening. She was right. I did want them freed. I wanted Nadia out of here, too, before the dispenser forced her to reveal her observations. Opening that door would leave me teetering on the brink of undoing. Leaving it closed would undo me completely. I keyed the scanner with a clumsy human digit. A beam confirmed my energy signature, and the door slid back. The four bare-skinned domestics joined their covered cousins and fled down the corridor, shielded by the weapons-bearers. Only Nadia hesitated. Thank you. It seems you are indeed my living proof. Perhaps now you can convince others and eliminate our suffering. Your species is remarkable. If I am alienated for assisting you, perhaps I can seek you out? She inclined her head. You are always welcome among us. We are allies, Vla. A twist of emotion ran over my skin. It was the first time she had addressed me by name. Nadia. She turned and ran. I stood, listening to her nimble footsteps echo into the distance, knowing, somehow, that I would see her again. We never discovered how they got in or how they got out. The riotous crowd dispersed soon after Nadia disappeared, proving themselves a smokescreen. Four other sentient chambers had been opened. Two of the occupants fled, presumably with Nadia's group. The other two were found, wandering and jittery in the hallways. One of them had loose wires trailing from the exploratory implant in his skull. 
wires, I was later told, had been keeping him alive. I couldn't decide whether or not he was lucky to survive. The full extent of the sentience organized plan forced the dispenser of justice to concede their right to their own autonomy. Despite their limitation to a single dimension, she transmitted across all planes, these beings have proven their self-awareness and capability. Convincer Vla's earlier case for their intelligence lacked irrefutable evidence until now. I am therefore obliged to amend my previous ruling. The domestic breeding plan was halted immediately, and all testing began to be phased out. My part in the escape earned me a severe reprimand and banishment from the convincer's plane for eight lunar cycles. I returned from my exile to face the dispenser's final justice, fully expecting to be declared an undoer. I was prepared for it, having long since made peace with my decision. Convincer Vla, it seems to me that despite your transgressions, you can be of great use to us. The domestic humans require rehabilitation. Studiers tell me that their best hope is to be united with wild humans. As you have established a relationship with their kind, you would seem to be the one to liaise with them. But I was taken aback. With all respect, Dispenser, that does not appear to fall under a convincer's remit. No, it does not. As it is, you have brought your role into question through your actions. I consequently strip you of the title of convincer. I muted my thoughts. Subsequently, I hereby establish the new role of ambassador to humans and designate you, Vla, its first doer. She emitted her finalizing pulse of light. If I'd been in human form, I would have swayed on my feet. Ambassador Vla. I was, against all odds, still a doer. And the humans were free. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great 
great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And there you go. Huge thank you to Elno. Elno, thank you so much. Just fantastic. Oh, absolutely fantastic. That's just brilliant. Galaxy's Edge mind, eh? You know, no, no wonder. Eh? Tatiana, thank you. Uh, just Tremendous, absolutely tremendous. So that is today's show. I hope you ever, I hope you ever enjoyed it. Yes. If you know you, you kind of you want to, you want a bit more of me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hello, Vicar. Yes, I'm on YouTube. You know, if you if you mean gardening exploits as well, that's going fantastic over there. But like you say, Starship was parking, easing the engines, shutting them engines down for a couple of weeks from now for two weeks. So I will see you when I get back. Until then, just like to say, good night from me. This presentation has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network, dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction. You can learn more about the District of Wonders and their many literary productions at their website, www.districtofwonders.com. Thank you for listening. Get out there, bye.